the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I went to see Top Gun today. Yeah, I've been a, a movie guy for a long time, and my wife likes them as much as I do, but we're movie theater people. I'm not a crowd guy, so for most of my life, when I was on a 4 to 12 uh, schedule working in TV, I was able to go to matinees and sit wherever I want. I went to a lot of movies, a couple of times a week, at least once a week, sometimes two. And it's good to see theaters coming alive again, by the way. I think I went to the theater twice in more than a year and a half during the COVID insanity. But don't wait for this one. Go see it in the theater. There's not a TV screen that can fit in your house that's going to do the visuals in this movie justice. Of course, I was a little disappointed in the movie. It's a sequel, as you probably know. Um, And I I was kind of hoping that Pete Maverick Mitchell, the uh, character played by Tom Cruise 36 years ago in the original Top Gun, would have been transgender for this one. That would have made it much more interesting. And it was kind of disappointing to see that the senior officer in the movie was not a lesbian, but instead was an actual man played by John Hamm. And there was no gay storyline, which was kind of disappointing. Actually, I'm kidding. Uh, That's what makes the movie good. It's not woke. The only thing that might qualify as woke is that they had to include a woman in the group of the best fighter pilots in the world. Uh, The word is out of the movie. It's killing at the box office. It did $150 million over Memorial Day weekend. I think that's a record. And coming up in our second half hour, I'm going to talk about Top Gun with a conservative movie critic and ask him what the success of this unwoke movie uh, could mean for the future. Could it mean more movies for and about, you know, regular human beings? And when we come back after the break, we're going to talk to a media critic about the job the media have been doing on coverage of the school shooting in Texas and the disaster Joe Biden presidency and other stuff. Stick around. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero... Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsrustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsrustpittsburgh.com. Make a difference in your life that impacts you for years to come by traveling to Israel this year. Sign up today for the thrill and excitement of visiting the Holy Land this November with nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka and renowned author and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com for details and to register. On the tour, you'll step into history with mouth-watering cuisine, picturesque scenes, and magnificent people while visiting over 40 iconic sites and sacred places you've only read and heard about for years. Pray at the Western Wall in Jerusalem, float in the mineral-rich Dead Sea, and take a boat onto the middle of the Sea of Galilee as you experience something transforming in your life. Call 855-565-5519 to reserve your spot. Again, visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to book your trip today. Your spouse has said your marriage is over, and they're ready to walk out the door. So where does that leave you? 
Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Bean, founder of Marriage Helper. We've helped thousands of couples in this exact situation. We want to share with you the things you can do right now to start turning this crisis around. If you're somebody who's lying in bed, sobbing yourself to sleep because your husband has left you or walked out on you or your wife has left you and you think, oh, well, this is it now. It's not it. There is hope. We're going to teach you the three things you need to start doing immediately to get your spouse back. If your marriage is in crisis, you're not going to want to miss this special Save My Marriage event happening on lovestories.com. Visit lovestories.com for the free Save My Marriage mini course happening right now on lovestories.com. That's lovestories.com. Today, the majority of children have already been exposed to pornography by age 11. Even though most of this is accidental, this exposure can have disastrous consequences for their mental health and future well-being. If you want to protect your child and set them up to have healthy relationships, you need Canopy. Canopy is the most effective technology on the planet for blocking pornography. Canopy's app uses artificial intelligence to identify and filter explicit content on every website. It can do this in milliseconds and is 99.9% accurate. While other apps block entire pages, Canopy is the only tool that filters within websites, plucking out explicit images and videos before they appear. Its image scanning technology also prevents users from taking and sending sexts. The Internet is awash in pornography, but your kids don't have to see it. Head on over to canopy.us forward slash protect to start your 30-day free trial. Enter the promo code PROTECT and get 15% off the regular price for life. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, did you hear about uh, Mr. Nancy Pelosi? He was arrested for drunk driving Saturday night. If you didn't watch Fox and you get your news from uh, the news networks, you might have missed it, according to the Media Research Center. They gave the story a total of 117 seconds of coverage. Imagine if it had been someone named Trump. Uh, One more example, I guess, of media bias, and everybody knows it's everywhere. Jeffrey McCall is a professor of communications at DePaul University and a media critic for The Hill and a regular guest here. He joins us now. Good to have you on again, Jeff. Thanks very much, John. So uh, it's been a while since we talked to you. Um, So this is a, a... a comparatively uh, minor story to start with, but is it also a major example of widespread media bias that that story's just kind of disappeared? Yeah, you know, it's it, as we've talked before about the journalism of om- omission, this is a case of that. And, uh, I, you know, thank heavens for the Media Research Center that they track these kinds of things. Now, I must say that, you know, Pelosi's husband got uh, arrested for DUI is not like an earth-shattering news thing, but... You are exactly right when you say if this had been a member of the Trump family or even Mitch McConnell's spouse or something like that, you know that the major networks would have jumped on that with both feet and made it a big deal, and CNN would have you know, gone wall-to-wall. And so there is a media bias here, uh, and I don't think we should exaggerate the importance of the story. But I think it, it does kind of point to the fact that the media seems compelled, and I'm talking about establishment media, as I like to call them, they feel compelled to run interference, you know, for the, what they think is the right side or the correct side of, uh, you know, the political world. And I just wish that they would look at news as news. You know, there, there are components on which you should be able to define news. And the spouse of a major political leader getting arrested for anything needs to be covered somehow. And I don't think you need to beat the person up or make it a big deal, but it needs to at least be covered somehow. Because, um, you know, in in any community, uh, you know, if the mayor's spouse were arrested, somebody would want to cover that. And, you know, it's not because we want to say, you know, we want to gloat in their misfortune or anything like that, but just it's news, okay? And so, and it's because they're related to a prominent person, it tells us something about the environment in which that person is operating these days, and that's what makes it news. Yeah, and I actually think it's uh, more serious than most people do, I think, because uh, at the time that it happened, there was there's, there has been you, uh, everybody's seen all the stories about how they ha- the, the, the job being done or the work being done to try to make schools safer for kids. And statements being made about how people are afraid 
to send their kids off to school because they're afraid they're going to be shot. And I looked at that, um, this guy getting arrested for drunk driving. Your kid is probably, and I'm not exaggerating, your kid is probably 100,000 times more likely to uh, be killed by a drunk driver like Mr. Nancy Pelosi than he or she is in a school shooting. And, and yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and I think that's and I think that's one of the, the the contexts that would need to be raised in discussion of this story is not just that it's you know Pelosi's husband, but the fact that DUI is still a problem in this country, and somebody needs to address it, and the fact that he is creating a risk not only for himself but for anybody else on the road at that time. Yeah, I don't care about the risk for himself, but. Um his, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with drunk driving. I think you should get 90 days in jail on the first offense. And I, I, I would have used this story to ask why uh, there people do get off too easy on the first offense when it's when yeah. it's something that could kill somebody. It can't be taken lightly. And also, I think there's an avenue for this story to be able to explain that that this issue, DUI. Uh, penetrates the highest, you know, sure. levels yeah. of society. And that kind of like it's all over, and maybe it shouldn't be all over. Uh, and when even prominent people, like the Pelosi family, get in, involved in this, we shouldn't necessarily hide or protect them, that they need to be scrutinized for, that mis- for the mistake that it is. Um, and again, we don't want to beat up or belittle, but it's still news that needs to be covered and put in context. And, uh, and clearly... As the Media Research Center evidence shows, it just drew a big yawn from the mainstream media, and it, and it further exposes that they're not willing to look at any particular event as news for news' sake. They are only willing to look at things through the prism of their predetermined attitudes and dispositions. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, Media Research Center, and I, I wasn't planning on bringing this up again, but I just saw it um, an hour ago or so. I was looking around online. The Media Research Center had a story that uh, since the Hunter Biden laptop was declared legitimate by the New York Times on March 16th, that's two and a half months ago, um, the networks, the non-Fox networks, have given it a total of 275 seconds of coverage. That's less than five minutes in two and a half months. So, Yeah. For, for all those major news organizations... And, and, and if you had said 275 minutes, you could have made a case to say, okay, they're taking this seriously, but yeah. 275 seconds, that just shows, again, the running cover. And this is a thing where, it, again, it's kind of like the Pelosi situation. It's, you know, at a certain point, I don't give a wit about Hunter Biden himself. Yeah. But the fact that <laughs> there are potential tentacles here of his manipulations and his financial dealings and maneuvering that go beyond just his irresponsibility and perhaps shadiness, that you know he is somehow financing or funding or in collaboration with the big guy, and we all know who that is. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's the story. Not that Hunter Biden is you know, on drugs or that he's had personal problems or that he's got illicit business deals, but the story is his dad was vice president and is now president, and... You know, what were his, his involvements in this whole thing? And, and are there any current involvements in these things? Is there any money still coming right. around? And what did the Chinese governments, or not to mention Ukraine or the Russians, what role do they have in any of these business dealings that could perhaps be leverage on the current administration? Because, as you remember, during the two years of the Russian collusion hoax, the whole story was... The Russians can use what they've got on Trump as leverage, yeah. you know, in the international affairs. And we find out that that was all bunk. But now we know also that, you know, there are international organizations, international governments that have done dealings with the Biden family, not only Hunter, but apparently Biden's brother, Jim. Mm-hmm. And do they have any leverage on the current administration? And it's just it's startling to me that our establishment media seem to have no interest in that. Well, and they're not, they're not covering it at all. Yeah, and somebody pointed out that uh, Joe Biden uh, famously is on video. He was able to get a prosecutor fired 
because of a billion dollars that he was controlling that the Ukraine's, uh, Ukrainians were expecting to get from our government, I for, for, forget what, for some defense uh, item. Uh, and he got some action just by threatening to um, not deliver the billion dollars. Well, since he's become president, he's given them like $53 billion. Yeah, and the crazy thing is when that happened and he got that guy fired in Ukraine, he didn't have enough sense to keep it to himself. He went in forward in front of television cameras Bragging to about blow it. off yeah. about it. And I'm just thinking... That that shows a lack of judgment, but but also that he was not afraid that he would ever be held accountable for that. So I mean, he he kind of figures I've got these media people where I want; they're not going to make a big deal about that, and, and they haven't. And again, in, in terms of the double sided nature of this thing, you can bet that that if uh, Mike Pence had done that at some no. point or another as no. vice president, that would be on a constant loop on MSNBC. Never hear the end of it. Um, I didn't want to get into this too much because I have other stuff I want to talk to you about, but we've talked about this before. As someone who works in the media and has worked in the media all my life, the Hunter Biden story is a good story. It's, I don't care who he, whose son he is or who, who, which party his father belongs to. Uh, it's, if it was Abraham, a story that came out about Abraham Lincoln's son, 150 years ago, might have been helping the Confederacy because of some business deals he made. That would be an interesting story that everybody should be looking into. It's uh, it, it's it's stunning to me that it that they don't glom onto this, especially stations like C, uh, networks like CNN and MSNBC, whose ratings are in the toilet. That they would not grasp the concept of a really good, sexy story. And I don't mean sexy because of the Stuff that's on the video, obviously. Yeah, yeah. be careful there. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, this this is news. It's hard news. Uh, it's, it needs investigation, you know, not to do it for this reason, but there are awards to be had by sure. breaking this story open. And then beyond that, it's just solid journalism. It's, a, you know, journalism is designed to help inform the citizenry about things that are important to them, and this has the potential to be very important to the international stage. It, it should give us a window into the workings, you know, within the administration, uh, or at least the administration's family. And, you know, the White House press secretaries have said any number of times that Joe Biden was in no way involved and had no discussions with Hunter yeah, all right. about his business dealings. And, you know, we, we know that's not true. I mean, there's <laughs> Jeff, no just way think about that, it for a second. What, yeah, what, there's what, no way they can say that with a straight face. But uh, think of how often on CNN, when when they when they rarely bring up anything about Hunter Biden, they always they're quick to point out. Well, you know, White House press office makes it clear that Joe Biden said never discussed his business or Biden Hunter's business dealings. And I'm thinking, you know, there's not even a point to saying that anymore. They might as well be saying, well, the White House has said the moon is made of green cheese. Yeah. Uh, that, it's about that outlandish at this point. But they say they say something to you like, uh, uh, "You're talking about with a straight face." It's an 18-hour flight to China. That's 36 hours on an airplane. His son went with him to China. They were on. They were confined to a, an airplane for 36 total hours there and back. And not once did Joe ever bump into. Hunter, as he was walking down the aisle to the to the galley or to the to the bathroom, and say, "Hey, what was well, how how'd your trip go?" Would you never mentioned it, never brought yeah. it up? It's just it's so insane and stupid, yeah. and and it's uh, it's insulting to your intelligence. It's yeah. Hey, Hunter, why are you coming to China, and who did you meet with? Yeah, no, that that's all we need. What'd to you know? have for lunch today? Uh, who'd you meet for lunch? I mean, it's eighteen hours on a plane. Anyway, I don't want to beat that up. I, I want to get to you. We're we're talking to Jeff McCall. He's a professor of communications at DePaul University, a media critic for the Hill. Uh, just the big story last week, obviously the Texas shooting, school shooting. Just what in general have you observed from the media coverage of that? Well, th this is a story that's really hard to cover, so I don't want to be you know too critical and second guess too much. Uh, but I must say that. I think as much as possible, they should try to point out to us what we know and what can be proven and what the facts are. And I think even though it's a very heart-wrenching story, I mean, there are emotional, like, slice-of-life stories to be told about the victims and that sort of thing. 
I think at a certain point that could be overdone. So I think it's important to kind of like let, let's look at what really happened as best we can and remember, you know, with respect the, the victims that were there uh, and salute the people who tried to solve the problem uh, and where there is blame to be had. We've got to, with a straight face, be able to say, was this situation managed as, in, in the best way possible to have avoided, you know, the loss of life? So I think in the main it's been okay. I think it's interesting, though, that if you look at social media traffic about this particular tragedy, the social media traffic on the various, you know, Twitter and those kinds of places spiked really high for about a day after this event, but then dropped off very quickly. And I find that quite interesting because it shows that in the nation's, you know, overall mentality that the, the citizens weren't all that interested in, in the same way they would have been with Parkland or Sandy Hook back in the day. And I hope that doesn't mean we're getting insensitive to this whole thing. But overall, I think the media coverage has been relatively good with, with one exception. <laughs> and I think too much of the establishment media has, rather than to point out you know, issues about school safety or what made this guy go you know, nuts or what could have been done differently to you know, mitigate the, the harm, they, they immediately want to go and run in front of, you know, the people who are going to start yelling about gun control. And, you know, and there are people who are exploiting this tragedy for their own kind of political purposes, and the media seems very happy to let people like Kamala Harris stand up and talk about weapons of war and that kind of stuff, okay? And I'm just thinking, you know, that, that's a topic for another day, but I don't think you want to clutter up the aftermath of this tragedy by giving people, you know, political opportunities that they would have not had had it not been for that tragic shooting. Yeah. Um, and um, what about the Sussman trial? Did you notice more interest from the media after he was acquitted than there was bef while the trial was going on? And it, it, there was a, even a slight possibility that he, he might be found guilty? That's very fascinating to see how much coverage there was in the last 24 hours after he was acquitted than there was at any point during the trial. Uh, and, and particularly, there was no even discussion, even in the acquittal, necessarily, about what made the charges you know, be filed in the first place. So again, it was kind of like, we don't want to talk about this if it looks bad for the Clinton campaign. But now that he's acquitted, we can make a big deal to, to show, like, oh, there's nothing to see here now. And this just proves that the Clinton, White House, or the Clinton campaign, the presidential campaign, you know, is as clean as the driven snow. Now, I have I only have about a minute and a half left, and I want to ask you something that's uh, not related to a lot of this stuff, and I I don't want to sneak up on you with this, but uh, just real quick, how long have you been a professor of communications at DePaul University? <laughs> well, I've been around for a while. I've been on the faculty for 37 years. Okay, that's good. That's uh, This is what I want to know. Because I teach, uh, I'm kind of a coach at a local school, local college here, where I teach kids how to write and and uh, deliver television right uh, right for you yeah so but how what are you preparing students for now what jobs because when i when i came out it was i wanted to be a baseball announcer i wanted to be a local tv sportscaster i only have about a minute left but what what how has it changed in the last few years what are you preparing these guys for now these kids for well, it's interesting because uh, there are there are fewer and fewer students who are really interested in the business of news or journalism or even the traditional media. Many of them are interested in the marketing, public relations kinds of world, uh, or think tanks or that sort of thing. So my guess is that uh, that people informed citizens still need to know how the news world works because they will either be delivering the news or helping make the news. So I try to teach people how to think critically, how to look through bogus arguments, how to write carefully, and how to express themselves as clearly as possible. And I must say, good for you to be doing that, because we really need people in the professional world to help serve in this role. And my media career was relatively short. I was a news director for a number of years. Uh, and in fact, on sabbatical, I still go back into the industry uh, to work in professional news settings. But it's not the same as veterans like you who can bring that kind of day-to-day -day professional experience in, and I commend you for that. Well, thanks. And I, I'm out of time, but I, I, I feel like I'm coaching them to be in front of a camera or a microphone, and it doesn't matter what the medium is, you still got to know how to do it. So You betcha. Yeah. Hey, 
Hey, Jeff, I'm out of time. Always great to have you on. Talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. All right, that's Jeff McCall, professor of communications, DePaul University. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Uvalde, Texas, police chief says he is cooperating with the investigation into last week's deadly school shooting. Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District Police Chief Pete Arredondo tells CNN he's talking daily with investigators. That contradicts claims from state law enforcement that he has stopped cooperating. The chief communications officer with the Texas Department of Public Safety said Tuesday Arredondo had not responded to DPS requests for two days. State officials have said that 19 police officers waited outside the classroom where Salvador Ramos had opened fire despite repeated pleas from children calling 911 for help. I'm Mike Hempen. And on Wall Street, stocks have been in the red but are recovering somewhat. The Dow now down only 75 points. The Nasdaq 13 in the negative territory. This is SRN News. About to compare a pepper shaker to a cash out refinance. Hang with me. You know when you're at a restaurant and they ask, would you like some fresh ground pepper? And then they crank that giant tube, but almost nothing comes out. For me, only a certain amount of time is socially acceptable to wait. I know that getting that pepper out might make my life better, but it just seems too impossible. And that's what we hear people say about the cash out refinance. People realize that the value of their home has gone up like hot pepper the last few years, leaving all this extra money sitting inside their home. But is it too hard to get out? It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. If you're interested in cashing out the extra pepper in your home, We're good at doing all the work while you just sit back and relax. And often, your mortgage payment and years in the loan will stay the same. If you'd like to hear about your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA United Mortgage Corp. 25 Metal Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Federal Corporate Animalist Number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. AM 1250, The Answer, The Mike Gallagher Show. He's your happy conservative warrior. And we will win if you show up and vote. And at the end of the day, Hillary's dastardly deed will not go unpunished because the vindication, the accountability will be when we win. Breaking news and what to make of it. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250, The Answer. Are you tired of that wet, moldy basement? If so, then it's time for G&J Waterproofing, award-winning service with no gimmicks. And now, exclusively offering mold remediation with every job done. Bybacktronics, the number one company when it comes to mold remediation. G&J and Bactronics, the two best all in one. Call today for your free inspection, 724-681-8944. When was the last time you went through a drive-thru? Now, when was the last time you ordered fruits or vegetables from their menu? That's the problem we are facing every day. Unhealthy, processed foods are readily available at every street corner. But it's getting harder and harder to get whole, natural produce into our diets. That's why Balance of Nature exists. Balance of Nature is a special blend of fruits and vegetables chosen to provide the highest nutritional value possible. By taking just three fruit and three veggie capsules, you get the equivalent of all of the recommended servings of fruits and vegetables in just a few seconds. Get fruits and veggies into your diet today by calling 1-800-246-8751 or by going online to balanceofnature.com. And don't forget to get 35% off your first order as a preferred customer by using discount code BALANCE. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. It's a busy afternoon out there. If you're on the Parkway East, outbound, the trip taking about an extra 10 minutes with delays between Boulevard of the Allies and the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Inbound, you've got those downtown delays, County Jail to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West, a little heavy inbound, Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Meanwhile, southbound 88 looks pretty tied up between Castle Shannon Boulevard and South Park Road. Outbound 28 heavy from Route 8 to the Highland Park Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight,
expect a thunderstorm in the evening. Otherwise, cloudy skies. We'll see a nighttime low of 64. Cloudy skies tomorrow with a couple of showers of the thunderstorm. Tomorrow will reach a high of 69. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy skies and cooler with a low of 48. Friday will be pleasant with sunshine and patchy clouds. Expect a high Friday of 71. Mostly sunny Saturday with a high of 72. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. As I said at the uh, open of the show, I went to see Top Gun today, and I highly recommend it. Good escape. Uh, just an entertaining movie. And it's killing at the box office. And why is that? Is it because it's, uh, you know, it's Tom Cruise and it's an action movie? Or is there more to it than that? Uh, Christian Toto is the founder of HollywoodandToto.com. He's a frequent guest here. He writes about movies for a living, and he joins us now. Thanks for coming on again, uh, Christian. Appreciate it. My pleasure. I'm glad you liked the movie. So, yeah, I did. So, uh, so maybe it is a combination of all the above that I mentioned there, but how much of a factor is the, uh, as you wrote about in your, at your website, uh, the non-existence of wokeness? Is, how much of that is a factor, do you believe? You know, it's part of it for sure. Listen, Tom Cruise is pretty much apolitical. He's really laser focused on making movies, having kind of a brand as this sort of larger than life action hero. And I think the more actors get divisive, the more actors get political, he stands out more as a result. I think that's part of it. The movie is definitely not woke. There's nothing in there that's a lecture, you know, filled with lectures or other kind of things that we've kind of grow and grown about over the years. So that's part of it as well. It's part of a very popular movie, and it, it kind of plays all the right nostalgia tones. It's not overly deferential to the first film, but it definitely interlocks with it. The, uh, the Val Kilmer scenes are very powerful. And uh, so I think there's just lots of things going on here, and it's really enjoyable. It's, it's popcorn entertainment at its best, uh, some great aerial sequences. And if you get a chance to see it, on, I don't know if you saw it on IMAX, but that's a great way to kind of check it out. And so I think for all those reasons, it's, it's making a lot of money. Yeah, I didn't see it in IMAX, but whatever you do, don't, don't think you should watch it, watch it on your – whatever screen you can fit in your house won't do it justice, <laughs> right? I mean, it's, Absolutely, it's, you, you got to yeah. see this one in the theater. Um, sequels are nothing new, um, but 36 years between the original and the sequel, which is what this is, that, that, that's new, isn't it? It is, Not, and also, you know – this was going to come out a couple of years ago and then the pandemic hit and it was delayed and it was delayed. And then Tom Cruise, I guess there was some effort to put it out on a streaming service. I mean, that's what we saw with other films over the last two years. And Tom Cruise said, no, this is a theatrical release. I want it in theaters. And of course that ended up being a very wise decision for multiple reasons, but uh, he had faith in it and he realized that this could draw a big crowd once the pandemic faded. And that's exactly what we're seeing. Yeah, I'm I'm a movie theater guy, and I'm just glad to see the movie theaters um, uh, coming to life again. And you know they're crowded, and the theater where I saw today, it was being shown. Uh, I it, it must be fifteen times a day. This this thing is shown. Uh, it's you know it's in like five different theaters. Um, is this is this something the movie theater industry needed, and it, can it have a some kind of a, a jump start to it? Or was it just a one-movie deal? Well, I mean, I think we've seen the last few months the Batman did very well theatrically. Also, the new Doctor Strange sequel is uh, making big bucks at the cinema. I think the one difference here is that because it was based on a movie in the 1980s, there were a lot of older people who saw it as well. And I think older moviegoers have been a bit reticent to go back to theaters. Maybe they're still worried about the pandemic, maybe they've been kind of trained to watch all the new stuff at home, which is what Hollywood has kind of basically taught us. So I think that's a, um, a, an important sign here that it, not only the youngsters came out to, to watch it, but but an older demographic did as well. So I, I think that bodes well for theaters moving forward. It's been the one area that I've been concerned with that uh, you know maybe this would just be sort of a younger experience, uh, you know, moving forward. But you know, if, if older folks go out and see this. Maybe they'll come out in you know late late summer, early fall for some of the Oscar bait movies. I mean, we'll have to see, but that is a good sign. Yeah, I uh, I went to the matinee today, and it was only seven dollars and seventy five cents. So it wasn't like you know I had to pay fifteen dollars to go see it. Um, is is Tom Cruise the last real movie star, as some people have referred to him? 
Yeah, the New York Times uh, labeled him such. And in some ways, I agree. Uh, he seems not to age, which certainly helps him out. Uh, he's a kind of fellow, a little bit like Clint Eastwood, where he really does know intuitively what audiences want to see. Now, not every Tom Cruise film is a major hit. Not every film is great, but his track record's pretty good. So there's that factor. And again, you know, back in the day, the studios would really carefully um, protect and project the image of these celebrities, you know, who they dated, what they said, what they wore. It was a very different system than we have now. And of course, the actors now can say what they want, do what they want. And sometimes that kind of brings a little bit of heat upon them. So Tom Cruise is very focused on, I'm a movie star. I care about the audience. I care about the films that I, that I star in and I produce. And I think kind of building up that brand, building up that persona, staying out of politics, staying out of the culture wars makes him a bit bulletproof. And I think that really does help him right now. So you mentioned he's, he's able to keep politics out of his movies. Um, why haven't other stars learned from that success, or, or might they? And they? The other stars like wokeness, but they also like money, and this thing made $150 million over the weekend. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of celebrities can have it both ways. They can get very political, and then they could appear in a, in a Marvel comic movie and make a lot of bank that way, too. So, uh, you know, it, it seems like it would make more sense to stay out of the political fray. You know, you can write checks for whatever organization or Democrat you want, for sure. But if you kind of kept that part of you silent, I think it would have a, a better impact on your career. But they they think otherwise. Uh, I interviewed Jack Black years ago, and it was about how he did it. I think he was supporting some Obama initiative. And I, I said, you know, do you worry about that? Do you worry about sort of, you know, uh, becoming political and maybe turning off some people? And he kind of he didn't laugh at me, but he kind of laughed at the question and said, no, I'm not worried about it. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of stars have enough money as is, so they're fine. And they don't, I guess they'd rather be political and, and get it off their chest than make even more money. It's one thing to be political uh, and another thing to be political and uh, have some control over a movie, whether as a star or the director, producer, whatever, and uh, in, include the wokeness. I mean, I, I think we had on the sh you on the show a couple of months ago we were talking about all the LB, LGBTQ superheroes and uh, superhero sidekicks showing up in movies lately. Could this do anything to slow down that ridiculous, stupid, annoying trend? You know, I, I think Hollywood, when it has a mission, when it has a directive, it, it takes a while to kind of to, to kind of change direction. So, like you know, in the in the two thousands, we had anti-war film after anti-war film after anti-war film and they all flopped in spectacular fashion and then eventually hollywood said oh my gosh maybe we shouldn't make these movies anymore because they keep flopping so i i think hollywood is slow to get the lesson sometimes and it's, i suspect that's going to be the case today but you know there have been a lot of woke flops over the years and at some point there's going to be some studio executive thinking gosh maybe this is not a good plan but we'll see isn't that kind of happening at netflix yeah, I think we're seeing a variation thereof. I mean, they're tightening their budgets. They've cut out some uh, pr uh, planned shows that were certainly woke. And so I think you may be seeing that there, whether that'll you know spread across the, the, the entertainment landscape. I'm a little skeptical as of right now. Well, didn't they be talking six months to a year? Didn't they actually tell their somebody, the CEO, tell the employees, look, if, these, uh, if you're offended by these movies, then take a hike, go work somewhere else. We got to put movies yeah, on. That, was a, that was a shocking statement. Uh, it was refreshing. It, it made complete sense. I mean, if I work for a company, I don't necessarily have to agree with everything right. they do or say or every statement they make. That seems rather immature. So, you know, you may love Netflix and they work there and you may adore 80 to 90 percent of the stories they tell. And but but maybe 10 to 15 percent you don't and you quit or you, you put up a fuss. I, I you know, that that's the way life works. But. You know, the, the wokesters, they have a very loud voice, and often the culture listens to them with rapt attention. So they're, they're used to getting their way. We're talking to Christian Toto. He's the founder of HollywoodandToto.com. That's where you can find his uh, writings about the movie business and entertainment. Um, so uh, this movie, as you mentioned, uh, it, it doesn't trash America or the American military, which uh, obviously there's the whole thing is about the military. Um, 
that doesn't trash him once, there'd be plenty of opportunities to slip something in there. But they didn't, did they? And that's kind of rare. It is rare. And, you know, listen, if you had a movie and it questioned uh, the military, it, it, it worried about America's place in the geopolitical landscape, you know, that's perfectly fine. You can have intelligent conversations. You can make, you know, complicated stories that em- embrace those themes. But this is a Top Gun movie. This is a brand. You don't want to go there with this brand. It doesn't make sense. And the film really kind of steps aside and doesn't get into the politics, doesn't get into the sort of what are the ramifications of this mission we're on. It's these pilots have to complete a task. It's very dangerous. It's very difficult. And Maverick is there to teach them. And it's a very simple plan. And that's, you know, that's what you want from a movie like this. There are other movies that are more sophisticated, and that's perfectly fine. Not Top Gun. It's, it's, it's a franchise now. Now, does the fact that the movie is uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, formulaic, uh, like, a, like a war movie from the 60s, so it's a little bit predictable. You kind of know that what's going to happen, sort of. Um, does that hurt it at all from an artistic standpoint, or is it, as you refer to it as a popcorn movie, it's not, it's not supposed to be all that deep? Yeah, you know, I don't think it hurts it a great deal. I agree with you. I think some of the beats you can kind of predict coming in to the film. Uh, not There weren't a lot of major shocks. But, you know, there have been great rom-coms that, are, that have been pretty predictable. You know, the boy and the girl are going to get together at the end. Yeah. You know, things like that. So I, I think certain Hollywood formulas and conventions, you could still make very uh, interesting, thought-provoking, powerful movies from them. So I don't think that's a big deal. But I just think that it, it takes that formula and, and puts a fresh spin on it. I mean, it, it feels it feels invigorated. It doesn't feel like a retread. It doesn't feel like we've seen everything before. It's just done well. It's smart, uh, great uh, cinematography, good performances, you know, charismatic actors, even in the supporting roles. The new Top Gun pilots were fun to watch, too. Mm-hmm. There was one fellow, I think, his name, I think he's played by Glenn Powell, who was kind of the arrogant young kid who just thought he could do no wrong. He was like the young Maverick in a way. So, yeah. you know, I think even in the supporting cast, it plays strong. Did you find any jump the shark moments in it? Not really. No, I was really entertained. Um, I think maybe it went on a little bit too long. Yeah, you could say, um, you know, where you think it's the end and it's not quite the end. No, I, you didn't. And you know, they also acknowledge the fact that time has passed, and and some of uh, Maverick's uh, superiors are saying, you're 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 a dinosaur, you're a relic, and he says, you know, not yet, but you know what, soon. Because he is getting older, yeah. and he can't keep doing exactly what he's been doing all these years. And well, you know, maybe, maybe that's an interesting follow-up story. You know, what happens to a a, a maverick in his early sixties who's trying to uh, find a new purpose in life? You know, yeah. maybe, who knows where this goes? You're, but you know, we did wait thirty-six years for this, and maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe I get another one anytime soon. Yeah, you're but you're uh, you're writing the uh, uh, Top Gun three for him. So, when it makes the kind of money this one's making, we, we, there has to be another one, right? Well, you know, Tom Cruise can it really calls the shots at this point. He doesn't need this franchise. He's got two Mission Impossibles coming soon, and that franchise is getting better and better. The the, the uh, stunt sequences are spectacular. So he can he can you know take his time. He can do different things. But I, I think there'll be a lot of people saying, "Tom, you really <laughs> we need some more." And I, yeah. you know, if he senses that 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 hunger's there, why not? Um, we're finishing up here with uh, with Christian Toto of uh, HollywoodandToto.com. In your piece at HollywoodandToto.com, Christian, you, you have a, I guess, kind of a, a woke warning about the next uh, blockbuster, which is coming out in a couple of weeks, uh, Jurassic World Dominion. What are they going to do to manage to ruin that one? We'll see. Listen, it may not be nearly as woke as they're saying it is, but sometimes when you talk to the actors, they really like to play it up and say, oh, my gosh, this is... You know, this is the most feminist, most empowering movie of all. And then you see it, and it's really not that way. It's more in their minds as what they interpret. So we shall see how it plays out. It comes out June 10th, third film in the new Jurassic World series. But uh, you never know. Hollywood goes there often with the woke, and maybe, you know, sometimes it's minor, sometimes it's subtle. But if it kind of overwhelms the story and it's, it's more woke than good, then, you know, the box office could suffer as a result. Uh, maybe they could have a uh, transgender dinosaur. I, I, they could figure out how to work that in there. Uh, you also, uh, you wrote about, um, you mentioned in your piece about China. Um, what happened with this movie, um, uh, Top Gun and China, and uh, what, what, what accommodations did they not make 
to, to make the Chinese happy. Well, it was really interesting because early on, an early trailer, maybe it was even a snapshot from the set, showed uh, Tom Cruise's kind of iconic jacket from the first film. It's got different patches on it. One of the patches was a, a patch of Taiwan, and they removed the patch because they realized that that image, that sort of little, little, little flourish, might anger the Chinese marketplace, might anger the Chinese censors who decide which movies come into that, that uh, nation or not. And so they well, let's just get rid of it, and then we could sell it in China, have it in Chinese theaters. Well, they put it back after, after two years of news about that. But also the bigger context is that American movies are not making as much money in China as they once did, dramatically so. And I think they figured maybe we'll lose out in the China market, but then maybe we'll, we'll win in the, the court of public opinion. I don't know the exact rationale for it, but they did change their mind. They did change course. That's so very interesting. I'm surprised that, that um, American movies are popular in China. Or allowed to well, be popular I mean, at all in China, I guess is a better way of putting it. Well, they definitely uh, let the movies that are apolitical into the nation, for sure. You know, Transformers, things like that. And up until recently, China couldn't make movies like we make. And we, we are expert at the sort of the blockbuster, roller coaster, big special effects, big movie stars. That was one of our biggest exports, in a way. And then China started to learn from us. They actually met with American filmmakers as well. And now they could reproduce that kind of storytelling. So if you're a Chinese audience member, you think, well, I'd rather see homegrown product. product. And that's, that's what we're seeing right now. Hey, Christian, I'm out of time. Always good to have you on. I'm sure I'll have you on again. Uh, a, a conservative out there cr- critiquing movies. I love it. I appreciate you uh, coming on the show every time. My pleasure. Thank you. And that's Christian Toto. You can find him at HollywoodInToto.com. town is that Pittsburgh homeowners are choosing doing it right when it comes to their roofing, siding, and remodeling projects. That's because since 1984, doing it right roofing, siding, remodeling continues to set the bar through clear communication and an installation that's second to none. Doing it right employs only the most experienced professionals to install and oversee your project. They'll stop at nothing to ensure your satisfaction, doing business honestly, taking no money down, and no payment until the job is complete. Doing it right will ensure all work is installed to the industry's highest standards, then back it all up with their lifetime workmanship warranty. As a prestigious multi-award winning Owens Corning Platinum Contractor, as well as a VSI Certified Installation Contractor, you can't go wrong with doing it right. Mention Dennis Prager for a discount off your estimate. Call 724-NEW-ROOF for a free project evaluation or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com Your spouse has said your marriage is over and they're ready to walk out the door. So where does that leave you? Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Bean, founder of Marriage Helper. We've helped thousands of couples in this exact situation. We want to share with you the things you can do right now to start turning this crisis around. If you're somebody who's lying in bed, sobbing yourself to sleep because your husband has left you, walked out on you, or your wife has left you, and you think, oh, well, this is it now. It's not it. There is hope. We're going to teach you the three things you need to start doing immediately to get your spouse back. If your marriage is in crisis, you're not going to want to miss this special Save My Marriage event happening on lovestories.com. Visit lovestories.com for the free Save My Marriage mini course happening right now on lovestories.com. That's lovestories.com. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about 100% drug-free relief factor. I've been taking relief factor for years now to help me deal with pain in my body. My wife takes it as well. The reason we tell everyone uh, we know about it is simple. We found it really works to help our bodies fight off the inflammation that causes aches and pains. Whether it's the pain of injuries you've sustained or just the natural pains from the mileage over the years, Relief Factor can help. I've never looked back. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 
800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Feel the difference. Today, the majority of children have already been exposed to pornography by age 11. Even though most of this is accidental, this exposure can have disastrous consequences for their mental health and future well-being. If you want to protect your child and set them up to have healthy relationships, you need Canopy. Canopy is the most effective technology on the planet for blocking pornography. Canopy's app uses artificial intelligence to identify and filter explicit content on every website. It can do this in milliseconds and is 99.9% accurate. While other apps block entire pages, Canopy is the only tool that filters within websites, plucking out explicit images and videos before they appear. Its image scanning technology also prevents users from taking and sending sexts. The Internet is awash in pornography, but your kids don't have to see it. Head on over to canopy.us forward slash protect to start your 30-day free trial. Enter the promo code PROTECT and get 15% off the regular price for life. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. So, I ask this a lot, but what's the deal with drag queens? Why, why do we keep seeing them? Who thinks they're funny? Who thinks they're entertaining besides other drag queens? And, and I guess maybe they're popular with gay men. I, I don't know. Do women like them? Do gay women like them? I, I don't know, but it seems like they keep popping up um, on Twitter. I see libs, libs uh, for TikTok, whatever it's called, the one that was banned by Twitter. They got these overweight, ugly men dressed up as ugly women prancing around in front of kids. And I know there's a Democrat involved. There's no way that that person was invited by a Republican. Who has decided that this is good for kids? And it's everywhere. It's a, we we had someone on here. I think it was uh, I think it was uh, the Carnegie Library. They had a uh, drag queen story hour, and we had someone come on and try to justify it. And did a bad job of it. What, what? Well, how about bringing in a a firefighter or a cop or or a you know, military person to talk to the kids? What is it with this? What drag queens? Get them out of here. They make me want to puke. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.